Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me is an elevator operator, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Going down. No, I'm going to take the stairs because I'm health conscious. Oh. Yeah, your job is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> not a good one. No, it's not. I don't know why the the people of this place pay you to just push an elevator button. Kids live for pushing elevator buttons. Seems like a pretty cushy gig, though. Yeah, you just go up, you go up, you go down, you go up and down. It's good stuff. Unless you don't like riding elevators, then it's the worst. I'm not a big fan. I'm pretty sure I'm going to die every time I go into an elevator. Uh, you know what? When I was, I don't know, 12 or 13, I guess we when we were 12 or 13, I went to go see Resident Evil when it came out because I was like, oh, zombie movies, and I love Resident Evil. And there's this part where, like... People are riding in an elevator, and then the power cuts, and then the elevator drops, and everybody dies, and I'm like, huh, that's a thing that can happen, huh? Yeah, just give you anxiety for the rest of your life, all right. Yeah, thanks Resident Evil. So, how are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. That's good, that's good. No, it's I'm okay. I'm on vacation this week, so... That sounds nice. Yeah, like, last week, work was real hot, stupid, so I was like, fuck it. Taking a week off. And then I did. And it's been lovely. Nice. Get up to any cool holiday activities? Nah, just... We went up to um, my wife's family's cottage, and it's on the lake. So we just spent time, you know, boating around and doing lake activities, such as swimming. That's cool. Lakes are dope. Yeah. It was nice. It was nice. I mean, it's not as cool as probably, like, going to the ocean or whatever, but... It's okay. <sighs> Oceans are salty. I know. I went to the ocean once. We went to uh, Florida for our honeymoon. And, you know, that's the first time I ever swam in the ocean. And I was like, I have to taste this water. I know there's like a billion fish that poop and shit in it. But I have to taste it. And I did. And it was very salty. And then I got yeah. my eyes. Fish poop is salty. Sure is. Yeah. But you know what? If I, if I swim in the ocean again, I'm for sure going to lick the water again probably i mean you gotta i know it's like it's part of the experience it was like last time i accidentally licked a, a salt crystal and that's why it was so salty so let's see what happens this time and i'm sure it would again be salty but you just gotta try it it's one of those things it's morbid curiosity i think is what it's called so did you do anything this week anything interesting or fun or exciting or nothing like that i never do anything interesting or fun or exciting <laughs> Well, you know what? That's what happens when you grow up. Everything sucks. Yep, that's what they tell you. And they're right. That's why we started this podcast. So we could have some enjoyment in our lives. Yes. 90s children horror shoes. <laughs> 30-year-old men talking about 90s kids. They're horrible. Horrible acting and they're horrible spooky shows. <sighs> I'm liking this show. Yeah, me too. I like I it wish I would have watched it when I was a kid. Yeah, well, I mean, would your life have been any better? Uh, I would have had nostalgia for it, and I like nostalgia. I Yeah, I know, me too. I don't know, maybe you could pick the next show after we're finally done with this show. I already suggested Goosebumps. Yeah, but how many Goosebumps episodes did you really watch? A fair amount. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll do Goosebumps next, who knows? Maybe not. Maybe we'll do... Um... What's another show that existed? Another of the same, like, variety? 
No, I just can't think of another show that oh. existed. Uh, we could do uh, The Wish Kid, the one where uh, it's an animated show where fucking this kid's got a magical baseball glove and he smacks it and makes wishes. That's not a real thing. It is too, and I'm pretty sure no, that it's Macaulay no. Culkin. No, that's not. It is too. I was there. Nice try. <laughs> he said, I wish. Oh my god damn it. I wish I won the 600. <laughs> Well, you know what, Brandon? I'm really glad to say that you were wrong about your prediction. (laughs) We didn't go back to the dawn of time to sing any songs with anybody. It's kind of a shame. (laughs) We never even rolled back the clock a little bit. We should watch that movie. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't wanna. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's bad. Well, I asked my wife. I was like, hey, did you ever watch... um, we're back at Dinosaur Story, and she's like, yeah, once. We decided that Land Before Time was better, and then we never watched it again. I was <laughs> like, fair enough. <laughs> they took a, a poll? Yeah, they were like, we can only have one dinosaur movie in our life. <laughs> and, and Land Before Time won. Which makes yeah. sense. Land Before Time It's a very really efficient good. way to watch movies. Yeah. I mean, people probably do it subconsciously all the time. There was a movie, I can't remember the name of, but there was a kid. And yeah. he had little dinosaurs little that he kept dinosaurs. in his backpack or something. Yeah, and they were like they came to life or whatever. Yeah, what the fuck they is were that real movie? dinosaurs? I don't know, but I watched it when I was a kid too. And he was like, "Oh no, the bad guy's gonna know that they're fucking real dinosaurs." <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I don't find know. that movie. I think about that movie all the time. I'm gonna have to watch that movie and the Bobcat Goldthwait talking horse movie back to back. Oh, man. I'm going to Google it real quick because I got to know what it is. Little Dinosaurs live action. <laughs> it's got to be a better way. Prehistoria. Prehysteria. Prehysteria? That's what it says. Yeah. A boy desperately, uh, desperate for attention makes friends with the dinosaurs of prehysteria. A couple of alien slavers disguised as... Co- what? I, that, that sounds weird. Alien cowboys... Wait a second. <laughs> I don't remember nothing about no alien cowboys. Let me click on it. It's the kid, and yeah, that's the dinosaur. Yeah, it's, it's prehysteria. Alright, I'm looking it up too. I just... There was like a couple of them. Yeah, that's the fucking kid and the dinosaurs. They're the old yeah. world's oldest party animals. What? There's a prehysteria 3? Yeah. I don't know why. What? There's a prehysteria 2 as well? <laughs> What the? <laughs> well, it came out in 1993. What year did um, Jurassic Park come out? Like 93? I would say that this was just a crapshoot to, like, you know, go on the... I think everybody was trying to cash in on Jurassic Park. <sighs> I don't blame them. Jurassic Park was amazing. When did that Whoopi Goldberg T-Rex uh, movie come out? <laughs> I think it was, like, 95 or 96. Let me look. Theodore Rex. 1995. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god! All right, let's quit talking about dinosaurs because this doesn't have anything to do with dinosaurs. You want to get into this episode? How the hell did we start talking about dinosaurs? Anyway, yes, yes. Because let's of, do it. we're back. Ah, I wish. Yeah, we turned back the time, turn back the clock to the dawn of time, and we talked about dinosaurs. Let's turn back the clock and not talk about dinosaurs. I could do that with the power of editing. All right. <laughs> 
All right. You want to get into this episode? You took us too far back. We're in the 60s. No. I'd rather kill myself. God damn it. We're in Derby High. Hey, man. Fuck off. All right. Let's let's do this. So we just got done watching The Tale of the Dream Machine. I'm going to ask you, Brandon, what did you think of this episode? I really liked the concept. Yeah? What about the execution? It was okay. Yeah, I you know what? I've watched I watched this episode twice cuz I watched it on my on my ride home from uh going up north, you know, yesterday, and then mm-hmm. I I watched it to take my notes, and I still can't tell if I like this episode or not. Like there's definitely some things we could talk about with this episode, but I can't tell if I really enjoyed it or not. Is it between enjoying it and hating it or just enjoying it and thinking eh it wasn't that good? Um it's between enjoying it and thinking it's it was okay. Mm. All right, by the time we're done talking about it, I think you'll know. Yeah, I think so too. It happens a lot. All right, well let's let's plop into this shit. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. <laughs> the episode begins with most all of the kids they're already standing around the campfire and they all seem like they're just really bored and they're just sick and tired of waiting uh, around. They're like shaking their heads like, oh, motherfucker. God damn. Yeah. Like they've been sitting there for hours just wasting <laughs> their childhood. They look so upset and so angry and I was just thinking, oh, they must have been told that it's Kristen's night again. <laughs> nope, because Kristen, well, I guess it doesn't show Kristen yet, but she's already there. It's got Betty Ann. She's looking at Gary. Uh, and then she gets up and she walks by Frank, who starts to take a step. But then Kiki comes walking up out of the forest. And Frank says, it's about time. I had a problem with this. Okay, sure. Why? <laughs> because... Sorry, that sounded accusingly. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, great. Here we go. Fucking what? What do you want um, now, Brandon? <laughs> like, speaking of Kristen, yeah. when Kristen was late, like, two episodes ago, everybody was just... Talking and chatting and gushing about, whoa, what is she going to wear? Remember oh, when she God, wore the, right. the the prom queen dress, guys? That was amazing, wasn't it? Wasn't it, everybody? It was amazing. Kristen was beautiful it, in that prom, dream, prom queen dress, guys. Oh, my God. Kristen was so gorgeous. <laughs> I wish I could have been her prom queen or prom king. Yeah. But Kiki's late, and they're like, God damn it, Kiki. <laughs> they're, they're just sitting around like angry they're fuming yeah they are that's a good point um and you know what kiki actually has like a decent excuse as to why she's late yeah and... she's not just rummaging around in her attic like Ooh, what stupid shirt can i put on i'm gonna say though K- Kristen did give them things like she handed out shit like it was christmas that is true she gave out some groovy kiki... stuff kiki doesn't even have like oranges or like fucking Capri Suns or anything for these kids. Well, Kristen asks Kiki where she was, and Kiki says in just a scratchy voice that she's sorry. She's got laryngitis. No excuses, Kiki. I know, because Frank sits down and says, yo, I don't want your germs. And Betty Ann looks concerned because she's the best, and Kiki takes her place at the storyteller's throne. And she Then she pulls out this giant old-ass typewriter. And Kristen's like, what's that? And she says, it's a typewriter. <laughs> yeah. But she found serious? it in her attic. Yeah. Obviously, it's a typewriter, Kristen. Have you never seen one? I mean, everybody knows what a typewriter is, except for... David's like, like oh, I, I didn't know what that was either. 
We didn't know. We, <laughs> we just, didn't even we, know. We don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, shut up, David. You're the worst. <laughs> he sucks. <sighs> so Kiki says that she found it in her attic, and Frank tells her that she should have left it in there. And then Kiki says, hey, it works. I typed my story on it. And Betty Ann asks why, and Kiki says, because her throat hurts, and she doesn't, it's killing her, and she doesn't want to tell the story. So she hands a couple of papers over to Gary. She asks him to read it aloud for her. And Gary says, uh, I'm not sure. We've never done that before. It's very against protocol. Well, it's like, Gary, you're the leader. You can make the rules on if it's allowed or not. If he says it can happen, then it can happen. Yeah. Frank makes fun of Gary saying, go ahead, Gary. Be crazy. Throw away the rules. And David laughs about that. Which is annoying. Mm -hmm. Shut up, David. And then it shoots back over to Kiki, who tells Gary to start at the top. And Gary's like, yeah, I I figured that. And the kids all smile. And Gary starts telling Kiki's story, saying, uh, I'll just say this. There's no way that you could have predicted that it would have been a Kiki story told by Gary. (laughs) No. But If I I did predict that... Then. I think you did say it was a Kiki story, but you said that like, the I last did, but I've said like the last five were Kiki stories. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is going to be it. This is going to be the next Kiki story. Yeah. I was bound to be right someday. You're not wrong. So Gary starts reading whatever Kiki wrote saying, writing a story down on paper is very different than telling it out loud. When a story is on paper, you can feel it. You can see it. And others can read it as well. But beware, for once the story is written, it no longer belongs to the author. It has a life of its own. And for some stories, that can be a very dangerous life indeed. And then Kiki grabs a monkey bone powder and says in her scratchy voice that the episode is called The Tale of the Dream Machine. So if Kiki was just going to print out scripts of her story and hand them out, she could have just mailed them to the kids and they could have just skipped the whole campfire (laughs) business. Yeah, then they wouldn't have get all, gotten all pissed about her being so late. Yeah, they could have just sat at home in their PJs, reading their spooky story. Mm-hmm. So this little, like, the little teaser for the story this week, it kind of is part of the story a little bit. I mean, it, it sounds more exciting than what actually happens, but... Well, you gotta build excitement. Yeah, I mean, this little teaser part just wasn't something out of nowhere that doesn't actually have relate to the story whatsoever. So the story starts, we're in a classroom, and we see a kid sleeping as uh, this fat teacher gets really close to his face, and then she takes a bite from a donut, and then right continues in his ear. walking around. <laughs> She's like She's munching like... that donut. Like... <laughs> she continues walking around the classroom. She's blabbering on about some incredibly boring story that I didn't even bother to write down because it, it was just nonsense. And we get Gary's voiceover saying that Sean Hackett has one passion in life, writing. And Sean Hackett's not the kid that's sleeping, it's a different kid. And then he says, actually he had two, writing and Jennifer Johnson. And Sean looks over at Jennifer and he smiles at her. And then Gary continues saying that every other story in Sean's notebook was about Jennifer. But Jennifer only thought of him as... (laughs) Jennifer only thought of him as a friend. Too bad. Yeah. So Sean's already in the friend zone, which is pretty funny. And then the fat teacher, who's still blabbing about nothing, starts licking her fingers of, of donut debris as Billy, who's the kid that was sleeping, continues to sleep. Oof, what an interesting start. 
The bell rings. Billy wakes up saying, great story. I was moved. And all the kids get up to leave. But Miss Fats is like, hang on, hang on. You've got homework to do. Your assignment is to write a short story, any topic, but it has to be at least two pages long. No, no. Get the fuck out of here. Two pages? Yeah. That's not even hard. I know. That's what I thought, too. So the kids in this um in this story are, I don't know. What did you think of them? I liked Billy, but I thought Jennifer and Sean were kind of boring. I didn't like Billy, and I thought Jennifer and Sean were all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay <laughs> well they all are very um i don't know they're pretty average kids in my opinion there's nothing that stands out as interesting about any of them well sean wears a tie to school every single day which i thought was odd oh uh, he's such a nerd yeah yeah that's all we got to say about those kids huh <laughs> yes sean has a tie jennifer has poofy hair yep she sometimes wears a blossom hat Yes. And Billy is a goof? <laughs> I guess. He's just goofing. Big he sleeps goof. through about 80% of this episode. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. He's a goof and he goes to sleep all the time. He's a sleepy goof. <laughs> so Jennifer gets up out of her chair and then for some reason some smooth jazz starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> some smooth jazz plays while they headbutt each other. Yeah, she accidentally bumps into Sean and, and drops her books, and then they both bump their heads because they're both, you know, classically just try to grab the books together. And yep. This whole time. They're awkward. Boing, 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 boing. <laughs> yeah. I love smooth jazz, so I like the music. Do you? I mean, what it's ab- not something that I... What about smooth jazz from the 60s? I like smooth jazz from the 60s, yes. But, I, I mean, it's not something that I would listen to, like, you know, on my own. It's just like, if I'm in... Say fucking. If you're in a smooth jazz club, then you get down. I like uh, George Benson. Okay. <laughs> sure, man. It's a no judgment zone. I liked it when he turned uh, turned all that love around. It was great. So uh, Jennifer picks up picks the books up and then leaves the room as Billy comes up to Sean and he, he busts his chops, saying, "Man, you really swept her off her feet, Romeo. What are you gonna do now? Run her over with your bike?" I was like, oh, Billy, just having a couple goofs. <laughs> the scene switches to some, some like, house-looking building. I mean, that sounds stupid, but it's, like, maybe an apartment building, a house building. I don't know. It's, it's like, a building of some sort. It's got yeah. windows. It's really, it's big. It's got a lot of stories on it, but it's not it quite walls. an apartment building. Yeah, it's got four walls. You could live in there if you wanted to. Well, we don't know how many walls it has. Okay, well, it's got four, like, main walls. Isn't that... I don't know. It's... Whatever. It's a building. It's a, it's an octagon. Yeah. <laughs> so, they they get into this, like, house-looking building, and Sean is telling Billy that he thinks Jennifer likes him, and Billy's like, yeah, right. I bet she can't wait until you get your driver's license so you can hit her with your car. <laughs> I thought that was weird. He well, makes a joke about running her down with his her. bike, and then, like, ten seconds yeah. later... Makes a joke about hitting her with his car. Like, I think he's got some kind of weird fantasy about running Jennifer over. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? He's um, he's obsessed. Like, movie... maybe he's just goofing. <laughs> this episode has a lot of weird fantasies, so it wouldn't be that surprising if Billy could have one of his own. About yeah, you're right. Cars. I wouldn't want to see his come true, though. <laughs> 
Sean like forcibly laughs at Billy like <laughs> and uh and they walk up some stairs and Billy says that this place is a disaster. And Sean explains that his parents thought they were getting a great deal but but they ended up spending a fortune on keeping this place from falling down, which what? I don't really understand the situation. Did they just move into this place? It makes it sound like they did, but Sean already has his room established in, like, the attic or whatever. Yeah. So I don't so, get what's going on. I mean, I guess it doesn't well, matter. What did they but... do? Billy tells him that he's not going to be coming over during any thunderstorms or nothing because this place is shit. So my understanding is that Sean's parents bought this whatever it is, and then they had to spend a lot of money keeping it up. But I don't know. It really doesn't matter because from now on... The only room that we get to see of this whole place is Sean's attic bedroom. But before that, the kids open a door leading further upstairs. But there's this warning sign that's hanging there, which I it doesn't make sense. Because, like, why would there be a warning sign there now when Sean's already been living up there and sleeping in his room? Like, the parents are just like, sorry, Sean, you can't go up to your room no more. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't understand. I still don't understand. Let's not think about it too much. Billy asks if there's a detour or something, and Sean's like, oh, fuck. How am I supposed to get up into my room? And Billy's like, step aside, dum-dum. How dangerous could it be? And he takes a few steps as Sean's trying to tell him that the steps are unstable. I don't know how he knows that, but... Billy steps right through one of the steps and falls down and through to a secret room. And Sean runs to go get a flashlight as his friend's just like sitting in a dark secret room or whatever and then they look around and they're like whoa this is wild and there's just some newspaper clippings and shit like it's not that wild no i would be like this is boring and it's like fuck leave. how am i supposed to get up to my room now but i'd be like i guess this is my new room <laughs> i got newspaper clippings over here beth's beautiful newspaper clippings on the walls <laughs> They pick up one of the clippings and it says October 13th, 1932. The new mystery novel by the late James Allington is a, a spine-tingling masterpiece. Sean says it must have been the guy who owned the place before, which I don't know why you would come to that conclusion, but whatever. And then they look at a box in the corner and then Billy continues saying that the guy was a writer and an inventor who disappeared in 1931 and then was found dead one year later, murdered. Mm. Intriguing. I don't know why yes. they give us backstory, but... I hope this will come up again later. Yeah, right. The box to opens up and there's a typewriter inside. Yeah. The most boring backstory to this typewriter ever. We'll see what happens. Maybe it'll come up again. 1931, remember that. It's going to be very important. Very important. Next scene, we're up in Sean's room and the kids brought the typewriter up there because why not? And Billy says that the secret room was there just to hide this? What a waste. And then Sean tells him, no, it's a classic. They don't make them like this anymore. But Billy says that's because they're junk. Gotta go. <laughs> he leaves the room as Sean ogles the typewriter. And then he just begins to write a story about some fucking Halloween dance for some reason. It's a bit odd. It's, yeah. You know what the weirdest part about this is that he's writing the story. And then we're showing that Jennifer is like sleeping in her own bed in her own room and stuff. So either that girl goes to bed real early or Sean stays up way too late. I'm going to guess he stays up way too late. He seems like a creeper like that. So as I said, 
Jennifer's sleeping in her in her bed, and Sean gets his own voiceover, and he's telling us this real shit story, saying that it was a it was the night of the school Halloween dance, a night when anything could happen, and it did. <laughs> and then we're shifted over to a scene of like a rave with just a bunch of white kids dancing, really shit like and stuff. It's really dumb. It's absolute shit. <laughs> I thought it looked fun. Oh well, you're absolute shit too. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit shit. <laughs> some lightning strikes and then sean walks down some stairs and he's dressed as like a vampire and he walks up to jessica who's uh dressed as like i don't know like jennifer egyptian person i don't know like a gypsy maybe she's meant to be a princess <laughs> well he says what's your name princess <laughs> and she says jennifer and then sean says good evening i'm count sean now, the story is boring. He's writing this, though. This is yes. what he is writing. This is a boring story. <laughs> yeah. The, the, this writing is meant to be his, like, big passion in life. Yes. And he writes a story about a dance, and people go to the dance, and they dance. Yeah. And this is this is the story. He grabs Jennifer by the hand, and they head out to that crappy dance floor. <laughs> Uh, he snaps his fingers, like, and then the music goes to like some, some slow dancing shit, and then they dance. Sean tells us that they danced for hours, which would suck. Yeah, no thanks. Ugh. Like, how many times can you hear the Monster Mash, really? <laughs> so it goes back to Jennifer in her bed, and she's like smiling as she's sleeping, and then we go back into the story. And the kids move to, like, this dark corner, which isn't even a dark corner, but that's what they tell us it is. And then the kids stare at each other, and Sean's voiceover tells us that with a fatal kiss, she'll be mine forever. And then sleeping, Jennifer starts to get all antsy, and she's tossing a little bit and tossing a turn. And back in the story, Count Sean opens his mouth, and he's got vampire fangs. And Jennifer starts screaming as he bites into her neck. And then real-life Jennifer wakes up screaming and touching her neck. As Sean finishes the story on his typewriter with a the end. Why the fuck did he write this story? Well, in the beginning it did say that he likes to write and every other story he writes is about Jennifer. Okay, but why does he write a story about killing her? Uh, you know what? He almost all like two thirds of the stories he writes is about killing his friends. So I know. <laughs> but why? Because he's a psychopath. <laughs> Why? Why write a story about eating your crush? This kid's a weirdo, man. Just wait until we he get to is. the next... He's <laughs> fucking weird. That's why I said I didn't like him. Because he's he is writing this story. This is what he is fucking thinking about. I'm okay, I've decided I don't like him. <laughs> well, just wait until the next story, man. Well, not the next one. The one after that. Oof. Alright, alright. I have... I have an issue with it, we'll say. He grabs the paper, he takes it out of the typewriter, takes off his tie, claps to shut off his lights, and he goes to sleep. I will give this episode credit, though. It There's a lot of parts where nobody's talking, and it makes it really easy to write my notes. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. This was the easiest note writing I've had. Yeah, I actually didn't mind writing my notes for this one, because it was so easy. This is the best episode. <laughs> On a technical standpoint, for, for me writing my notes and doing my research, it was the best episode.
Hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite author. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our 18th episode covering the tale of the Dream Machine. Are you looking for a new podcasting app to listen to your podcasts? I recommend checking out Podcoin. It's the only podcast player that actually pays you to listen to the podcasts that you're already listening to. All of your favorite podcasts are available on the app, ours included, and it's a fantastic app. I've tried others in the past, and Podcoin is great for listening on the job, as it doesn't use up all your battery life. The best part is that you can get paid to listen. While listening, you gain Podcoins that can be used to donate to charity or exchanged for gift cards. When you sign up, use the promo code PRIVATEISLAND, all one word, to get an additional 300 Podcoins. That's promo code PRIVATEISLAND. Are you interested in supporting the show? We have three tiers available on our Patreon at patreon.com slash private island. You can join the ranks of the Bronze Beths, the Silver Goths, or the Golden Bostics. Each tier has their own rewards, such as stickers, unedited episodes, bonus episodes, and more. I'd like to thank our two Golden Bostic tier patrons, Michael and Brett, as well as our Silver Goth tier patron, Kathy. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Brandon and I greatly appreciate it. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to check out our Instagram, that's at Private Island Presents, and Twitter, at PRVT Island, to see the characters from each episode that we're talking about, as well as some fun and hilarious gifts that Brandon makes each week. There's a Linktree link in the episode description where you can find our Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and even our merch store if you're interested in that, so check it out. Our Season 2 wrap-up episode is coming up fast. If you have any questions, comments, or stories for us, and you want us to read them during our wrap-up episode, you can send them to privateislandpresents at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, please tell somebody about it, because everyone wins when there's Are You Afraid of the Dark. As always, I'd like to thank All Hail the Badger, aka the Benevolent Badger, for his work on the music for our show, aside from the theme that you're listening to right now from Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. We've had a lot of success with the podcast so far, and it's all thanks to you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the show as we make our way through the rest of Season 2 and beyond. For now, I'll let you get back to the show. I'll talk to you in a week. Bye, everybody. scene shifts and the kids are back in school sean goes up to jennifer to say hi but she gets scared and she drops her books and he asks her what's wrong and she's like um nothing he's like this is where she's wearing her dope blossom hat yeah she's got the blossom hat on now so she's she's got a a sense of flower hat that does not go at all with her pink plaid shirt (laughs) and sean is wearing a dress shirt and tie with a very clashing floral vest i didn't even pay attention to what they were wearing. the fashion in the scene is outrageous <laughs> perhaps and in the best way billy's in the background the whole time too just like watching this garbage the happen. only thing that could have made it better is a side pony under that blossom hat oh man that'd be great maybe maybe sean will write about how fucking jennifer puts her hair in a side pony later i mean he can just make her <laughs> whatever he wants I know Just they, they talk about Jennifer that too. had a side ponytail and then boom she's got one <laughs> she doesn't get a choice she has she's compelled to put her hair into a side ponytail so she's like scared of, of fucking count Sean because she just had a dream about him biting her neck but he's like are you sure you're okay and she's like yep 
I'm just being strange. And she starts walking away, but Sean keeps following her, which is really weird. And she tells him she had a nightmare last night. And she tries to laugh it off, saying, you know, how, how kitty it is of her to have a nightmare. But Sean's like, it's cool. You know, everybody has them. And then she says, well, this was so real. Yeah, nightmares are cool, Sean. Jennifer, shut up. Okay? They're not kitty things. You just have them every once in a while. Yes, people just give them to you, and it's just normal. <laughs> well, Jennifer says that it was just so real. I was at a school dance, and, and a vampire showed up. And the weird thing was, but don't laugh, but the vampire was you. And then... The scene just shifts immediately, and we're back up to Sean's room. And in Sean's room, Billy's laying on his bed, reading a comic, and says, So she watched a vampire movie on TV, thought of you, put the two together, and bingo, nightmare time. And Sean says, But it was exactly what I wrote. Billy asks him, What are you trying to say? You think she's some kind of mind reader? Yes. <sighs> yeah, that's what That it would is, make Billy. for a better episode. We had telekinesis last episode. We got telepathy this episode. She would have just read his mind and been like, why is it all you can think about is killing me? And then get away <laughs> Billy from Billy is him. thinking the same thing. Billy's just thinking of running her down. And Sean <laughs> just wants to bite and murder her. She'd be like, why are these my friends? Jill had better friends. Jeez. Well, Jill's friends didn't want to kill her. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that we know of. Oh, that's true. We don't really know what's going on. We're not mind no, readers. we can't read minds. <laughs> well, Sean doesn't think she's a mind reader. He just thinks that it's weird. And then Sean says that he has to do that story for English. I thought the Halloween dance was his story. That's what I thought too, but must not have he been two pages. He just writes shit stories for no reason. He likes, he likes writing. That's his passion in life. So 50% of his stories are based on Jennifer, which means that... His next story has to be based on somebody that's not Jennifer. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. He's on an alternating schedule of killing Jennifer and killing other people. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Sean asks Billy if he wrote his English story yet, and he's like, Billy's like, nah, I'm a last-minute kind of guy. And Sean says, okay, and then he loads some paper into his typewriter, and he gets to work on his English paper as Billy falls asleep. <laughs> Immediately. This yes, dude immediately. is shown sleeping all the time. Is he narcoleptic? Yeah, he must be narcoleptic. <laughs> he's just reading a comic book and then he's like... And he's yeah. in class and he's like, oh, that's interesting. This story is really good, Mr. Oh, that donut looks delicious. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's so obsessed with ramming people with the cars because he knows <laughs> once he gets his license, he's going to do that. He's going to fall asleep That's at the true. wheel. He's going to be running everybody over. <laughs> so Sean starts tip-tapping his, his story on the typewriter, and he titles it Trapped. And he begins by telling us, One cold and foggy night, Billy snuck into a crumbling old graveyard on a dare, searching for the grave of Blind Paul. He didn't believe the story of the graveyard being haunted, but he should have. It shows us Billy, and he's getting all comfy, and he's sleeping, and and then he's transported into the story, just like Jennifer was earlier, and he's in the graveyard searching around, and um, the graveyard's in, like, this forest or something. It's got, like, two graves. It's in the woods. Yeah. So he turns around, and he sees the grave that just says, Here Lies Blind Paul, 
which seems really uh, inconsiderate. <laughs> you don't just yeah. You... No date of birth. No <laughs> date of death. I mean, it's not even his real name. I assume. Yeah, his first name is not Blind. His last name is not Paul. Like that's that's so. Yeah, might as well be like, here lies this idiot. <laughs> Billy looks around with his flashlight after he hears some noise or something, and he walks around some more, and he's like, hello, who's there? And then he runs around the graveyard a little bit before shouting, who are you? What do you want? And then he backs up, and he bumps into some guy in a black shroud, and he like, screams in his face, and then he falls backwards into an open grave and into a coffin, that slams shut and he's banging on the door of the coffin and dirt starts like getting thrown on top of it. And Sean's voiceover says, Billy never found his way out of the graveyard and no one discovered what happened to him. As far as anyone knew, it was blind Paul that uh, something, something, I don't know what he said. And then Billy wakes up screaming and he's trying to bang on the coffin lid, but he's back in real life. So he's not in a coffin. (laughs) And then Sean looks Well, my favorite part is that Sean looks at him as he screams for help a little, and then he stops, and then he looks at the typewriter for just a moment, and then he just stands up really dramatically. (laughs) It's a grim story to write for a high school project anyway, but he already had suspicions that it was weird that Jennifer had the same dream that he wrote. So his immediate first reaction is to go and write a story where his best friend is buried alive. (laughs) He's like, hey, Billy, check out this story I wrote. And it's just like, and Billy was buried alive screaming (laughs) and he never saw his family again. And he just died alone and in darkness. And he suffocated. What do you think, Billy? Do you like it? Do you like the part where you die screaming? (laughs) I don't... Like, what an asshole. This is why I said I didn't like Sean. <laughs> I thought I did. This, this is not even... This is terrible, yes. And it's, like, the main story that they write, but the next one is the one that I'm just like, what? <laughs> but we're not at the next one yet. We still no, gotta get through not. this mess. So then Billy recounts his nightmare, and he's saying that the lid slammed, and I was buried alive, and it was so real. Talk about weird. And Sean's like, more than you know. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) He starts reading from his story. From the top. And Billy says, looking for the grave of blind Paul? I'm not buying it. And then Sean says, oh yeah? Does this sound familiar? (laughs) It's like Billy pounding on the closed coffin, shouting, help me me out here. Uh, And then he says, I think this is what happened to Jennifer too. He should... Billy should it, be saying, why did it. you write this, Sean? Why did you write about <laughs> story about... Why did you write about me dying horribly? <laughs> uh, he says, I think that this is what happened to Jennifer, too. I wrote it, and you dreamt it. And the kids look at each other, and then they look at the typewriter. And Billy gets up, and he says, it's the typewriter. That's why it was hidden. It's got some kind of power. Sean says, is that possible? Could this be some kind of dream machine? Title drop. Billy laughs and says, oh, baby, this is like power. Whose head do you want to get into first? And Sean says, we got to think about this. But Billy just sees that they can use this to terrorize anybody that they want. 
And then he grabs Sean wrists, Sean's wrist and looks at the clock and he's like, whoa, I gotta be, I gotta be going home or mom's going to kick my butt. But he tells Sean not to tell anybody, not to tell anybody about this. And Sean's like, don't worry, I won't. I don't want to get locked up. And Billy tells him, Sean, my man, this is going to be an amazing adventure. Sweet dreams. And then he leaves. Here's an idea. Um, I know this sounds crazy. All right. But, I uh, will hear you out. You have a magical typewriter that can yes. make people's dreams. Uh, maybe write a good dream. <laughs> what do you think? That That's dumb. <laughs> Maybe, maybe uh, you know, a good dream. No. You gotta write dreams about killing people. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> Alright. I guess that's how it works. So Billy leaves, and then Sean immediately walks over to that typewriter to start writing some more stories. And this story is ridiculous. Oh boy. We see Jennifer. She's sleeping in her bed again, and Sean voiceover says, Jennifer... Will you come with me to the most private place on earth? And then in Jennifer's dream, she's walking on clouds, which would that would that really be on earth? <laughs> I mean, it's very much not on earth. Yeah. And she's like, Sean, where are you? And Sean walks out in his best suit and says, the most private place on earth, your dream, I hope. This sounds like some Freddy Krueger shit. You're right. It kind of is, isn't it? He could just write Freddy Krueger into this. (laughs) He could write anything. He could write people getting murdered in any way. It's his choice. It is? Yeah. So Sean's like, do you remember that vampire nightmare you had? She says, yeah. He says, I think I wrote it. Like, I'm making this up. That's when she asks, um, why? (laughs) Why did you write about killing me? Why are you writing about me in general? Yeah. Um, You're just my friend? <laughs> just don't, though? Like, maybe just don't. He says, It's a dream I'm creating for you with this. And then the typewriter, like, hovers over his hand. <sighs> he should have wrote the special effects in this dream to be better. <laughs> yeah, I wish he would have. It looks like crap. <laughs> Jennifer doesn't understand, and Sean explains. It's a dream machine. Title drop. If I, if I type up a story about somebody, they dream it. And then he throws the typewriter up and vanishes. And then he appears behind Jennifer with his vampire clothes on. And then he says, hi there. Look familiar? Anything I imagine can happen. Now hold out your hand. And then she does. And a, like a poof of smoke makes a dove appear. And she's like, oh, it's wonderful, but scary. And she's very right. It is scary. It's terrifying. That dove is <sighs> freaky. All right, so this part, okay, so Sean nods in agreement. He spins around, and poof, he's back in his Sunday best. And (laughs) and he says, I need to find out if it's true. When I end this, I need you to call me. And then he looks into her eyes, and he smooches her on the cheek, right? And then he says, sorry, and she smiles. She gets closer. She smooches him on the lips. Sean's voiceover says the white cloud swirled up around them, and the dream is over. The end. Okay. Oh, Yes. He wrote all of this. Yes. He wrote him smooching her on the cheek, saying sorry, and then made her kiss him on the lips. Yes, I had problems with this. That's that's insane. What are the ethics (laughs) of forcing someone to do something with you in a dream? 
It's not actually happening, but, no, but it is injecting the thought into her mind. Yeah, he's against her will. He's basically basically making her fall in love with him, even though at the beginning it was established that she just wants to be friends. I mean, <sighs> the implications of what power he could wield are terrifying. Mm, yeah. He's already murdering this poor girl <laughs> <laughs> and his best friend. Yeah. No. I, I didn't didn't really like this whole situation no it reminds me of like being a like hormonal teenager and just being like oh man i'm gonna write a story about how i'm gonna just smooch my crush's face all over and over again (laughs) yes as we all did (laughs) well yeah sure (laughs) <laughs> but make, this is like a fan fiction all the stories dad. i wrote about running over my crush and crushing her face with kisses <laughs> yeah that's what this this story is all about yeah so sean paces around his room for like 10 seconds before he gets upset and he calls it quits saying he knew it was bogus and then he lays down in his bed and his motorcycle phone starts ringing and then the scene shifts over to english class where again miss fats is there as well as all the other kids, and they're staring at the clock, waiting for 3 o'clock to, to happen. And the bell rings, and she gives a sigh of relief and says, Okay, kitties, turn them in. As she, of course, eats another donut. And the kids hand in their paper. And Sean hands in the trapped nonsense that he wrote. Yeah, a shit story. Yeah, that shit Let's just say shit that story. story that story sucks. By any standard, all the stories just, are terrible, It's though. just not a good story. He's not a good writer. No, he sucks. He should get a new hobby. He should get a new dream. And new friends. (laughs) Yes. He should get a new dream that he doesn't write. (laughs) So he hands in the trap, and then they all go up into Sean's room in the next scene, as Sean says, this is it, to the room, and then this is it, to his vampire story. And Billy grabs it and says, let me read this masterpiece. And he lays in bed, and he starts reading the Halloween dance. It starts the same, night of the school dance, anything could happen, and then it did. And, and Jennifer looks over at the typewriter, and she gets Sean's attention. Boring, boring. Um, and the whole, the, the damn thing, is it's glowing green. You know that means that some shit's going down. Mm-hmm. And then Sean and Jennifer just fade away in this shitty cloud of smoke. And now they're both at the Halloween dance, in costume. And Jennifer's yelling for Sean as, as Count Sean walks down the stairs, and he's saying his lines from the story... Jennifer asks him what's going on. This is my dream. Sean says, yeah, it's the story I wrote. She's like, but this is real life. This is really happening. And just like in the story, he grabs her hand and they start dancing for hours. Do you think it would be hours for them too or no? I mean, if that's what the story is, then yeah. (sighs) Nothing could ruin the night. And Billy says that they went to the dark corner and he's like, hey, this is getting pretty good. And in the story, this is where he's supposed to bite her, and Jennifer's scared, but Sean tells her it's the story. Billy's reading it, and it's happening just the way I wrote it. And Jen's like, wait, if this is all coming true then, Sean opens up his mouth with his fangs to bite her, and Billy's still reading it, and and he gets to the fang part, and he's like, oh, this is getting pretty gruesome. And then he notices notices that his friends aren't even there anymore, and he's like, hey, guys, where you at? And then, in a cloud of smoke, they appear because Billy stopped reading. And Billy wants to know what happened. And Sean's trying to piece it together. And he says, that wasn't a dream, was it? And Jennifer shakes her head. 
And he says, we were really there, weren't we? She nods her head. And I was going to bite you on the neck for real, wasn't I? And then she nods her head again and she touches her neck. Yeah. I want to know. So they had enough self-awareness to know they were in the story and know that it was real and not just a dream. Yes. But they still had, like, they were forced to act out the story. Yeah. Like, they didn't have a choice. He could just not bite her neck. But, you know, he was going to anyway. Because they could say things that weren't written in the story. Like, they had some sense of what was going on. Yeah. They were at least a little self-aware. But still had to act along. Yeah. Do what the main focus of the story was. Yeah, I don't get it. But this whole new power of the typewriter of making you go into the story and living it makes it even like creepier yes well you know what i was thinking about this too and this kind of goes back to the 1931 disappearance of the guy he was a a famous author wrote a spine chilling mystery novel that must have been about himself and then when somebody read it you know he disappeared and got murdered in his own book or whatever why would you write a story about yourself being murdered though unless it's an elaborate Uh, suicide attempt well, that makes... Uh, I don't know. I mean, this gentleman had think... to have known the powers of the typewriter. Well, yeah, because the kids figured it out in less than a day. Here's the thing, though. Um, this typewriter only has power if you're writing a story about someone who really exists. Right, what, yeah. What, what happens if you're just writing fiction? Mm, maybe it knows... I mean, you would imagine that people that write stories, they base their characters off of somebody they know. I don't know. I think writers just write. Hmm. Sean's just the shithead who can't write a story without (laughs) the characters dying being his closest friends. (laughs) I don't know. I've never really written a story before. You can't just have, like, Johnny in the cemetery or Amelia at the Halloween dance. Well, alright, so... And then nobody's getting sucked into dreams. Problem solved? I guess so. Maybe it just knows who, like, you and your heart are trying to base the person off of, and it just sucks them into the dream. Mm. I don't know how it works. It doesn't really matter, though. <laughs> I mean, it does. I'm sorry. That was so mean of me to say. Yeah, that was. I mean, you're kind <laughs> of a worse friend than Sean. Oh, you're going to write a story about me dying a horrible death? Hold on. And then Cortland <laughs> died horribly. <laughs> Oh my god, my phone's glowing. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Back on track, come on. Yeah. Billy asks what's going Just on, goofing. and Sean says, Guys, I think <laughs> I think we found another feature of our little dream machine. And then the scene switches over again to Mrs. Fats, and she's grading the papers that the kids handed in, and she's got some donuts on a plate, and she's snacking on them, and then we see <sighs> This trap. is just... It's one thing to have a, you know, a character have a trait of you know eating or whatever but this chick is never not eating or trying to eat it's my she's my favorite it's her it's her entire character it's not just a little a little quirk it's her it's not just a quirk she is eating her life is devoted to devouring all that she sees and almost all of it are, are donuts it's a bit much it's a bit much for a character. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's something. 
It's so funny. It's like just it's crazy. It's it's it is crazy. She's literally like powered by sugar. So we see trapped it's on her desk but it's like under a few. So she's got to read a couple first. But you know that these high school students they did the bare minimum. So each one is only going to be two pages long. So she's probably going to get to it pretty quick. I have a problem with the entire timeline of the rest of this episode. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty wacky. Yeah, you really have to suspend your disbelief for <sighs> the rest of the story. Yeah. So back in Sean's room, um, Sean reads the title of the Halloween dance, and the kids see that the dream machine glows green again, and they're like, whoa, what does it mean? And Sean says it means it isn't just a dream machine. If we read a story written on this thing, it comes true. And Billy says, if I didn't stop reading then, and then Sean finishes saying, I would have bitten Jennifer on the neck. Just don't, though. Yeah, just don't read it. Just rip up the pages. <laughs> Jennifer says, this is weird. We got to tell somebody about this. And Sean's like, uh-oh, this isn't the only story I wrote. And we will move back over to Mrs. Fats, and she's, she's done grading another, and she grabs the next, which is trapped. But shit, she's out of donuts. So she grabs the story, she stands up, and she walks out of the room. Back in Sean's room, Billy asks what the other story was, but then he remembers what it is. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, it's the story about how his best friend wants to fucking suffocate him in a box. It's like, oh Billy, it's the one where I kill you. Which one? <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't know, take your pick, Billy. <laughs> I kill you so many different ways, Billy. Sean's like, oh shit, we gotta go stop the teacher. So back at the school, Mrs. Fats is in the lunchroom. She grabs some juice. She drinks it. And then she looks in a fridge and is all like, ooh. But then she sees what's in there and it's just a bunch of like food that's far too healthy for her fat ass. So she like winkles her nose a little bit and like disappointment. And then she grabs an entire sheet of donuts. What kind of cafeteria is this though? Um, an school cafeteria one? isn't going to bake fresh donuts daily. That's not going to happen. No don't really have bakeries in the school cafeteria ridiculous the kids are now running outside and they're outside the school already and jennifer's like well what's the story about and billy says you don't want to know he's like fuck i don't want to know and then we're back in with miss fats and she grabs a plate she puts a few donuts on it and so then she this starts is reading trapped this is one of the big timeline things they were in his, sean's room and yeah. the teacher was looking for a snack and then they get to school, and the teacher's still looking for a snack. Yeah. Like, what was she doing the whole time? Checking each and every locker for cookies and donuts? <laughs> maybe the maybe Sean lives, like, right next door to the school. Even right next door to the school. It would take, you know, a decent yeah. amount of time to... Like, the parking lot for the school was huge. Yeah, you're right. And they know that she's in there because Jennifer mentions that they've seen her, her car... Her jalopy, yes. <laughs> so the kids make it into the teacher's room, and then they start throwing all of their classmates' hard work all over the ground. But shit, Trapped isn't there. And Sean deduces that, you know, Miss Fats has got to have it with her. And then that's where Jennifer lets us know that she's still in the, in the school because her car's still there. Uh, but they look over, and the typewriter starts glowing green, which is weird that they brought the typewriter with them, but... Eh, whatever, I guess... I mean, if you have a magic typewriter, you, you know. Just take it with you wherever you go? Yeah. <sighs> I guess so. We switch back over to Miss Fats, who's reading the story. 
and it starts with Billy going into the shitty graveyard, and Miss Fat stops reading for a moment to laugh, and she takes a bite from a donut, and then she says, yeah, he would go into that graveyard. Back in the classroom, Billy's like, oh, fuck. As Jennifer and Sean look at him, he poofs away, and now he's in the graveyard, and he's still all like, oh, fuck, help me. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be in that graveyard. I wouldn't either, but he has to start exploring, because, you know, that's the story. That's the story, yeah. And Sean and Jennifer wonder to themselves where he could be. They're terrible friends. They're just, like, staring at where he used to be, like, wow, where'd Billy go? And then we go switch back to Billy. He's screaming in the graveyard for help. He's like, this is nuts. Just stop reading. And then he looks over at Blind Paul's grave, and he's like, fuck you. (laughs) And then the kids, they run through the cafeteria area. They pick up the donut that has a bite taken out of it, and they stop to say, she was here. (laughs) This is my favorite part of the episode. (laughs) Oh my god, mine too. The chase to find Miss Fats. They pick it up like they're tracking a moose or something. (laughs) And they're like, oh, look, she's urinated on this desk. She must be this way. (laughs) She's left a tuft of fur behind. They slam the donut down, and then they go and they run and they try to find her. And in the hallway, Miss Fats is walking with her donuts, and she's reading the story, saying Billy tried to escape, but the strange shadow surrounded him. And This the... story is two pages long. Two pages long, yes. How long is it going to take her to read it? I... Forever. Even between donut bites, it would take 30 seconds. I know, I know. This is okay. So the tension building here, I feel like, is this is kind of the same as the tension building from Locker Twenty Two, but it tries to be more funny and it's just not as tense. I guess you know what I the mean. The teacher is just a she's a goof. She's a goofy character. Yeah, and I'm just not not at all buying it. It's so ridiculous. So in the story, Billy's looking around with his flashlight. And then down some hallway, Sean and Jennifer are running. She, they're screaming for Miss Fats. I don't even know what her name was, but it doesn't matter. And they're like, well, where is she? Well, this is the most ridiculous part. She's in the fucking ladies' bathroom. Yeah, I really didn't need to see this. <laughs> the camera pans under the stalls, and she's in one of them reading. She's tapping her feet back and forth. Her plate of donuts is just sitting on the ground, and she's reading about how that guy in the black shroud is coming closer and closer to Billy. And then she drops the whole thing on the ground. All the papers just scatter on the ground. Ugh. Um, but I'm like, this part is weird. Okay. Wouldn't that make her stop reading and Billy would get, would come back out of the story. You'd think so. Cause it would take her a lot of time. I mean, she's got to wipe and she's got to like, you know, get all those papers t- together. And then she has to start reading again. That's a lot of time. Billy only had to stop reading for, like, two seconds before they popped out of the Halloween story. Yeah, this, that didn't make any sense to me. But whatever, I guess not. Billy doesn't get to get out of there, even though she wouldn't be reading for, like, minutes to finish up in the bathroom. But whatever. Back in the story, Billy says he isn't going into that grave. But then he turns around, and the guy's there, and he screams in his face. He walks backwards, and then... We're shown the grave with the open coffin. And back in the classroom, Jennifer's just going to give up on Billy. She's just like, well, we tried. Not really. <laughs> but Sean, Sean's like, no, we can't just give up. 
when that story ends, Billy's going to, and he stops, and he's like, oh, shit, the stories, the stories come true, and he sits down at the typewriter, as we're shown in the story, Billy falls backwards into the coffin that closes on him. Jennifer asks Sean what he's doing, as, uh, you know, Billy's fucking banging on the coffin, screaming, and the dirt's piling up on him, and then over with Miss Fats, she's exercising on a bike now, Good for her. With, I'm pretty sure, a complete change of clothing. Like, she didn't stop reading as she changed her clothes and oh, put on her sweatpants. These two pages or take hours to read. Doesn't make any sense. So, she's, she, basically, she's finishing the story about how Billy didn't find his way out of the graveyard. No one knew what the hell happened to him. And as far as anyone knew, it was Blind Paul resting below. And, by the way, she's, like, eating a donut or a pretzel or something at this point and exercising, and reading. She's a fantastic multitasker. She can do it all. (laughs) Billy is still screaming in that story, though. And Sean gets done with whatever he was typing, and he's like, Jennifer, you need to read this, I guess. Why would she have to read it? I don't know. He could have just read it, but whatever. She does, and it says, The typewriter stopped glowing, and all the stories ever written on it never came true. And then, the typewriter stops glowing, Billy appears. He's still screaming. Sean says, Welcome back, dude. And Billy says, Yes. And he gets up off the ground and hugs Sean. And he's like, I don't know what you did, but you did it. And Jennifer says, Sean wrote... <laughs> this was my favorite line of the whole whole story. She says, Jennifer says, Sean wrote his best story yet. <laughs> Damn. I know. She fucking burned him and he didn't even realize it. Oh, it's so funny. Like, the story was the worst. It was utter garbage. She's like, yeah, that's his best story so far. He's a shit writer. Billy suggests that they trash the typewriter, but Sean tells him that they won't have to worry about it anymore. And then Miss Fats walks by, and she sees him in their classroom, and she's like, hem, hem. And then asks if there's something that she can do for them. And the kids are like, eh, <laughs> no, I think we're fine. And then they smile at her. She takes a bite from her donut. And that's the end of the mm, episode. Of course she does. So if he wrote down that the typewriter didn't glow and everything written on it never came true, doesn't? wouldn't you think that means that that guy from 1931 wouldn't be dead? Yes. I mean, he might be dead by natural causes, but... But he didn't. So they altered the flow of history again. Yes. Ridiculous. All the deaths that occurred due to this typewriter were undone. Yeah. And that's probably a lot because apparently people just can't resist the idea of writing about people dying. That's all you want to write about. It's just death of your close and personal friends. Yeah. Not just anybody, not enemies, but your best friends and loved ones. <laughs> yeah, right. It's <sighs> ridiculous. The moral of the story here is quit writing about killing your friends. <laughs> I mean, you'd think that would be common sense, but I guess not. Yeah, the moral of the story. Don't use your friends as inspiration to write murder stories. (laughs) It's pretty simple stuff. So back at the Midnight Society, David says that that was great. Betty Ann asks, what happened to the... And she looks over at Kiki, but Kiki's gone. And then there's a typewriter in her place with a paper in it. But what's it say? So Frank grabs it and he reads it. And um, 
I don't I didn't really hear what he had to say even though I replayed it like a hundred times. He says like the headless something uh, chased down each of the Midnight Society members one by one until they were too tired to run. And he says, yeah, right. And they all laugh. And then they look nervous. And then they get the fuck out of there. Gary dumps the water on the fire. And he leaves Kiki's typewriter sitting there on the storyteller throne to just brave the elements, I guess. And I thought Kiki was going to end. pop out in a headless nope. monster costume. But no, she just snuck out without anybody noticing. Yeah, she's like, eh, my friends will get this typewriter back to me. But they don't. They just leave it there. Hopefully it doesn't get rained on or whatever, snowed on. Wolves are going to eat it. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, what do you feel about freaking these characters now? Uh, I mean, Jennifer seems okay. She's a victim more than anything. She really is. She gets, she gets a nightmare. She gets seduced unwillingly. Yeah. She gets eaten. She gets molested. She gets <laughs> run down. I mean, by that regards, though, Billy's also a victim. Sean's just the asshole. Yeah. Uh, I hate Sean. He's the worst. I think he's the worst main character yet. Just because he's such a... He's just... He's a terrible friend. He's the douchebag He's a terrible friend, friend and writer. Perhaps if he was a good writer, we could excuse some of his douchebaggery. But no, his stories are terrible. They're terrible, yes. He's He's the worst. I dislike this Sean almost as much as I like the other Sean. Oh, wow. From Jake and the Leprechaun. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he's he's a really bad friend. He's not a good writer. He writes stories about killing his his only two friends in the world. And... It's just disgusting. Earlier when I said him and Jennifer were okay and Billy wasn't. Yeah. I think what I was really describing was the acting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sean's acting was good. Yeah. Jennifer's acting was good. Billy's acting was shit. No, I totally agree with you. (laughs) I liked when he was... Like running around in the um in the graveyard the second time, like when he knew what was supposed to happen, he was all just like, "Sure, yeah." He's like, "Oh man, man fucking fuck this, this again. grave, fuck you, blind Paul, <laughs> fuck you, Sean." <laughs> if I did this kind of crap to you, like if you were Billy and I was me, and I wrote a story about you know killing you, and you had to live through it, would you be my friend afterwards? <laughs> no. <laughs> I I'd understand. <laughs> no, I'm. Th- this would be done. Yeah, you know what? That's okay. I understand. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's just crossing a line that you shouldn't you shouldn't go to. You know. Yeah, but look, if you write a story about me dying in horrible ways and it doesn't come true, that's okay. Yeah. Well, you I can just write as tell many about stories about my horrible grisly death all you want. Okay, you got it. Man, the tale of the dream machine. Uh, do you think that was it was alrightly named? I suppose. I mean, they said the name like four times. Yeah, name drops. But I think we can come up with a better name than that. The tale of the horrible best friend. Um, <laughs> uh, the tale of the type two diabetes. <laughs> yeah, the t- the tale of the donut muncher. <laughs> The tale of running over Jennifer. 
<laughs> the tale of molesting a girl. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> the tale of the missed opportunities. I really oh, think they yeah. could have actually used that typewriter for good. Yeah, they really could have. I mean, but they don't. there's so many more applications than murdering your friends. <laughs> they could use it to like uh, like create world peace. Yeah. But nah, I'm going to kill my no. friends. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So up next, we got the tale of the dark dragon. Who do you think is going to be telling this tale? Um, This is probably a David. A David? I'm going to say Gary. I don't remember who says this one. I like Gary stories. I'd be okay with that. Uh, well, I guess we'll see you next week who tells it. But Brandon, you hear the tale of the dark dragon. What do you think this one's going to be about? Um, This sounds to me like maybe it's a story about a group of friends playing a game similar to Dungeons and Dragons. And somehow okay, they get cool. sucked into the game. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It would be. Well, let's see what happens, huh? Oh, oh man, Brandon. Well, I've been up all night, man. I'm getting so tired. <laughs> oh, so sleepy. I'm almost as sleepy as Billy. I'm going to write a story about killing you. I'm going to wait for you to go to sleep first. <laughs> oh, God, no. And then I'm going to bust out my typewriter and be like, and then Brandon was murdered by an axe murderer. The end. Okay, axe murderers I can handle. Here's the ways I don't want to die. Don't write a story about me drowning okay. with rising water. All right. And I don't want to burn to death. That sounds unpleasant. That does sound terrible. All right. Well, you know what? I'll take the same. Okay. <laughs> but for now, Brandon, I'll wait for you to go to bed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've been up all night, man. I'm going to sleep, though, for reals. All right. I'll talk to you in a week when we cover the tale of the Dark Dragon. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bye, everybody. Uh, bye. Bye.